Welcome to Gear Talk. I'm Chip. And I'm Chris. I'm Annie. And this is Brooke. Welcome to the show, everybody. This week, we're going to be talking about gear considerations for a swim run adventure. Now, we came up with this idea because Chipper and I were planning our own swim run adventure. We have this international swim run adventure guide on our website that we think about a lot. Um, and we see other people's adventures and we All, have uh, the peanut butter and jelly 50. Exactly. We have Annie and Brooke who are like veterans of swim run adventures. So we thought it'd be interesting to talk about what are the, sort of the general considerations you should have if you're going to plan one and do one and kind of gear stuff and all that. Yeah. So less on specific, these are the shoes you should get, this is the wetsuit or this yeah. is the whatever. It more like general considerations that might be yeah. above and beyond Yes, there. But before we get to that, does anybody have any gear updates? I went, ARC had their Boxing Day, Holiday, Winter, mm, Christmas, Black day. Friday sales. I forgot what exactly day. And I went and I actually <laughs> came across, happened to come across two new wetsuits for myself. Happened <laughs> to come across? I accidentally bought <laughs> this them. This never happened to me. I've accidentally got them. I got, I actually was very curious how the Remark program from ARC is. They're kind of re-upcycled. Uh, wetsuit. So I got the Arc Vig because I was also really jealous of how at that Chris had it. And then I also, inspired by Brooke, got the Corp. Ooh. So I, now you have the Orno, the Vig, the Corp. Both is that all of them? Yeah. And the Blue it. 70 Alliance Swim Run Wetsuit. And the Blue yep. 70 Alliance Swim Run Wetsuit. Plus the Zone 3, whatever that one's called. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're so zone I'm, three. I'm pretty flush. He has one for like almost every day of the every week. Every day of the week. Except for Sundays. Have you trialed all three of them in the pool? I have trialed. I haven't trialed the, the two newest ones. So I'm I'm just putting it out there that I got these. And Chris also. Yep. I also got the Corp because corp. it was very cheap. I think it was like 190 bucks or something. Yeah. Um, And I will say I, I tried it on. I mean, I got my usual size because I'm just just a medium person, apparently. Um, and I I thought that the neck was very uncomfortable, I have to say. Oh, really? Yeah. Like it just didn't, it didn't feel as comfortable as the VIG, that's for sure. I, yeah, I could tell the collar is just a little, it's a different cut. It's a different type of collar. So I'm not sure how it's going to work either, but, but like the thought process behind the corp was this will be a great practice suit and kind of keep the, the higher end nicer Mm -hmm. suits for. Is the VIG like a deep V cut? It's 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 more well. It's not a deep V, but it's more of a V cut. Oh, it's a little stylish. bit flatter on the on the sort of the neckline, but yeah, haven't tried it so in water yet. So we'll see. Cool on the edge of my chair. What about the Swarmer Labs team? Any any exciting purchases over the last month and a half or two months? Yeah, Santa yes. getting anything? I have two exciting purchases. <gasps> um, I got. A red original dry robe. Awesome. And oh my gosh, it's amazing. I wear it all the time. Like I wear it in the morning to walk the dog. This like full sleeve or the three quarter sleeve? So this was a big, a big issue. And my husband and I did a lot of research (laughs) on it Mm -hmm. and reached out to a lot of different people. 
And we actually ended up going with the three quarter sleeve for changing ease, you know, changing by the car, changing by the lake, changing in the woods, wherever you happen to be changing because you can easily just pop your arms in and out and no regrets so far on the three quarter sleeve. And we did our first totally snowy ice swim in the water temp. Oh, we also got like a, we also got a pool thermometer that we attached to um, our ankles <laughs> so we can get the water temp and uh, 35 degrees. Oh, mercy. Whoa! That it is was, a brisk. That's colder than ice women. It was nice spicy. Work. But the other piece of gear that I've been using is um, the NRS. Oh, what are they called, Annie? Maxim. Maxim gloves, three millimeter gloves. And we've been swimming in skins, so water does get into them because I just have my gloves on. I think in the wetsuit, it'll be a lot warmer, but they're also, they're absolutely amazing for these winter swim dips. Like they keep my hands just warm enough that I can manage the zippers on my dry robe. And um, yeah, That's they're fully lined. They're lovely. Awesome. Wow. That's good to know. I got to say, I'm really jealous of that dry robe. Oh my gosh. Are you amazing. also jealous Everyone about swimming in 35 robe, degree water? I'm not jealous Understandably of the, would be the jealous water. of yeah. people who have them. Yeah. I have one too. It's I mean, not a new gear, so I can't really say it in this segment, uh-huh. but it's a love affair, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Almost maybe more than the pool buoy. Wow. Does it that seems like a game a changer? They're big words. <laughs> I have a sort of related cold water skin swimming gear update. Mm-hmm. It's it's a socks, so I mean it's an impediment to my skin. But non-wetsuit swimming, I think keeping my feet covered for me, keeping my feet covered just protects me from injury because I have no sensation in my feet. Yeah. And also mm. If it can keep my feet a little warmer for me, for whatever reason, that's the thing that takes like three hours to warm up after a swim. Um, so I got a pair of also NRS brand, which is like a paddle sports brand, uh, Hydro Skin 1.5 wet socks. And people in my swim community have been really, really just raving about the zone three heat tech socks. So I was like, all right, I'm going to get the zone three heat tech socks. And there was not a single zone three heat tech sock available. So I got these socks instead. They're great. I have not, I have a five-star review for them. They let a little bit of water in after you've been swimming for a while, but it, the seal is really good. The bottom has been durable so far and they don't give you a cramp in your leg, foot, or hand to get off when you're done swimming. Mm. Oh, nice. yeah. well, and if you were wearing them with a wet with a wetsuit, they probably wouldn't. It'd let be bomber. Yeah, yeah. Even I, didn't, I didn't even think about them making socks. That's a brilliant idea. I'm Maybe they make hats too. Purchasing now. Oh dang! Oh right now. wow! <laughs> yeah, we're wow. gonna have to put wow. the that's, show on uh, pause. That's so like, can purchase. That's, hold that's on, like an I can't multitask. <laughs> um. I, I forgot I have a, I have another update. I actually, since we've been in the lap pool, I got a new snorkel. It seems funny, like, oh, I use a snorkel a lot, but I had just a finesse one. It's been many years ago. It was kind of 
wobbling around and and causing me a lot of pain in the ass and fiddling with swim sets and then your just... snorkel wait was where were you wearing you pain it in your ass oh, <laughs> you're, you're using on your head, wrong bro. chip the... dipper <laughs> i thought it i was using it right, like a belt or was it <laughs> yeah it just had the long bit i thought um i but putting on my head and then i would have to like really cinch the straps down and it was getting a headache in between. So Michael Phelps is white labeling this Aquasphere snorkel. Mm-hmm. Highly recommended. Do you feel like you can qualify for the Olympics? No. You feel can like you've less I ask head a pain. Quick question. Sure. I know this isn't like a, a training gear show, and maybe we will do one of those. But what is the point of the snorkel? So uh, the, work on. A, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. It. It's <laughs> a. It's a. Well, the snorkel is a front thing, so it goes. In your mouth. Yeah, I've seen and then, them, and okay. I've always like kind of judged them secretly in the next line over. You would be judging me twenty four seven because I use that thing <laughs> yeah. every single pool set. But what it what it does help is it basically, I have a problem, and and it basically takes your breathing out of the equation, so you don't have to worry yeah. about that. So if you want to focus on Lime looking in. with stroke. your eyes on stroke and hand alignment yeah. and staying Body long alignment. and taunt, yep, yeah, but you eventually have to breathe. For reals. Yeah. So yeah, that's you why you have to learn all those things while breathe whilst breathing, right? It's just to isolate the skin. Yeah, it's yeah. mostly for drills. Yeah, Got it's, it. it's mostly being used for drills and then I mean you're not using this for your all, you know, your whole swim set. It's oh, like that'd be so first, annoying. the first bit of it and then you take it off and the idea is that your body has kind of somewhat adapted a little bit to a a better alignment and stroke that you've been kind of having more time to focus on. And then now you can introduce the breathing. Do you guys think the person being pulled during the swims and swim run could use a snorkel and just keep their head down and just like plow, you know? As the person who gets pulled, yes. That kind of sounds great, right? Rules. Yeah, but then yeah. you have to carry, to carry the snorkel yeah, for the whole race, it. right? Yeah, it's flappy. I, yeah, don't, I don't know. know and think okay, about how much like you think about you're, this drag you're not creating by lifting your head to breathe if you're you know if you are creating drag when you breathe you just you just keep that line that toe Ooh. line right in front of your oh. nose and go yeah i would uh, just go into full fishing lure mood stroke 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 spin 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 nice annie i think we got some time trials to do okay to be continued good I question be, i'd be curious <laughs> about this and uh, doing a flip turn with a snorkel on takes a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of practice, but it's definitely doable. If I can, then do you it, just have to like clear your snorkel. Yeah. Once afterwards. you come up, you just give it a a poof, a good blow, and uh, it's out. The water's out. Nice. Yeah. I was gonna make a joke, but I won't. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I definitely we're not going set there, that Chris. up, but no one took the bait. Nope. Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Moving on. Let's talk about swim run adventures. So, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Chipper and I are planning one in Northern California. And Annie and Brooke, you two are, you know, veterans of the swim run adventure. Um, so we thought it'd be interesting to kind of just do a show on like what we should consider in planning and executing on these things to maximize fun and safety. So first thing I think is how long you're going to be adventuring for. Is it an hour? Is it a little hour job or are you doing uh, a whole multi-day uh, swim run up and down all over the place. So I think that's one first place to kind of dive in there. What would be a good, I, I think a, a good base and foundation for us to set is 
wear the swim run stuff that you normally wear when you do a swim run practice. And you should have a generally a good idea of, hey, I need nutrition after an hour of, of exercise or, or whatever. I need a gel or a bar or whatever. And knowing, your, knowing yourself and, and the fuel requirements that you take, I think will help dictate a lot of how that needs to scale or, uh, you know, improve the longer your, your kind of adventure goes. Definitely. I think consideration number one for me, when I start thinking about basically planning a route is that's where I start is I, I sort of think about where is an area that like at your very baseline, you need an entrance in and out of the water, a place to swim in the water and a place to run. And ideally some variation there. And so everybody, what we have available locally is different. You know, some people might be planning a swim, like sort of a, um, almost like a criterium swim run adventure. Like Brooke, mm-hmm. you did a bunch of those in oh, like Ocan where you just do a similar course that you repeat and kind mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. loop back through your, your car aid station or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think if you do have the freedom to kind of explore in your region, or even if you're going on a trip somewhere, just thinking about kind of scouting out whether it be on Strava or um, local maps available through Google Maps or a few other mapping softwares, which I'll talk more about later. Just like, is there a place where there are multiple entrances to the water that you can run between? Just you know, kind of that's a I mean, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving everything you're saying because that's basically what I did when I started coming up with the Lake Sonoma course. I was like, let you're me like, start yes, looking I'm at maps. On the right track. Yeah, so that's, that's <laughs> doing really, this correctly. That's really, uh, yeah, that's great. I love that confirmation. Yeah, because it's wi- and I'm biased. I think, I think though, like we all love swim run because swim run events are they're not a criterion. They're like a journey over land and water, right. mm-hmm. and that's kind of an ideal zone to try to seek out when you're thinking, where am I going to have this thing? Right. Exactly. That That's totally, totally true. And I, I will say though, if you are, you're wanting an adventure, but you're a little bit hesitant about exploring too much. I think as you've coined it, Annie, the car aid station is a great thing to do to have that be your central place to where, you know, Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to the right and I'm going down this trail for a mile and then hopping in and swimming back and kind of, mm-hmm. you know, centralizing your car or whatever vehicle you have as kind of your place where your equipment, your nutrition, communication, new, all sorts of stuff live. I think that's a good, if you're a bit more uh, hesitant about like just running off into wherever yeah. for a couple hours, I think the carp thing is a good like step one to, to kind of <laughs> get your get your feet wet on that. Yeah, and I think I, I think that's a really good point. I think with location, though, I think there's some considerations there, like how familiar you are you with it. You know, right. like is this is this like your backyard? Like for example, when we go out in aquatic park, like we're not, you know, we don't have to look anything up. We we know that element in San Francisco. That's that's been our main training spot. So so stuff like that. But if it is going to be remote, like is there access to potable water? Is there cell phone reception? You know, how familiar you are with the trails? currents you know water temps all these things i think i think are important to to try to at least have some sense of so you're not 
you know, biting off more than you can chew. I think the other thing is you should you should try not to do these alone. You should have a buddy yeah. with you, mm-hmm. at all possible. Runs with a partner. Yeah. But yeah, you can have the like static aid station. Like if you want to just like you guys are saying, cover your bases. And then if you want to get more adventurous, um, like what Annie kind of devised was a mobile aid station. Ooh. Um, and then with that, you have to, when you're looking, planning your routes, you really have to look at roads, like drivable roads and places for the aid station to park and mm. timing and communication. And so that's when it, it can get really complicated. But when it works out like it did for our PB and J 50K, it's pretty awesome. Oh, it's so awesome. Yeah. And just as a little background, in case not everybody's familiar with the PB&J 50 In case not everyone's following our the best move. self-supported <laughs> swimmer event be. of 2020. Um, it was so cool. Burke and I were hoping to travel to Otillo World Championships this year in Sweden. Obviously, there were many reasons why that was not possible. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to substitute, um, you know, some big kind of figurehead a event concept for um just to honor the training that we'd done the preparation kind of our expectations totally around going to that event and so we just created this thing and i highly recommend like don't start with this but if you get into the mood of creating swimmer and adventures like just eventually decide you're going to make one a thing like we named it I made a t-shirt. We like created a logo. We had a mobile aid station. We told people about it. It was super fun. So it was, it was a 50 K route and it was about 80% running 20% swimming, which, Oh, that's another consideration. If most swim run events are pretty near plus or minus a a bit, 80% running and 20% swimming mileage. Um, So that was the route that we had and it had, Oh my gosh, I don't remember, like probably between 15 and 20 different transitions. Uh, transitions and oh more than that. It had well, like, it had yeah, like when I'm saying 15 to 20 segments like, and 13 yeah. swim segments. So that was yeah. like 26, I guess. Oh, nice. And it was total distance 50k and it was at Deception State Park, which is in Board. Deception Pass State Park, which is in Washington. Mm-hmm. So and that's and, the background. And did you guys Carry do anything? Brooke, mobile aid station. Well, that did, was key for us. Did you do anything like, um, because this was an adventure, not a race or whatever, like after every swim, did you wait for the rest of your folks to catch up with you? Or was it like, here's the course. Yeah, we all stayed together. Like yeah. we had a, we had a crew that was pretty, we were all pretty like the same pace, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if Annie or Brent is towing me on the runs. <laughs> <laughs> we're all the same pace. Um, so yeah, we all stayed together, which I thought was made it more fun. It just, it wasn't, uh, it was hard in and of itself. It was a challenge and it wasn't, um, we didn't have to make it harder by trying to go faster. It was just fun right. to be hanging out and laughing at the ridiculous situations we got ourselves into. Like we ended up having to swim across a whole bed of, what was that? Like milfoil. It's this Mil-foil. like really, uh, for like 500 really, meters we were like pond weed crazy oh. entangled in it and like people you know we're trying to keep people from like being pulled under it was, it was fun <laughs> wow. but was um, messy there Sounds yeah like that's how we yeah. that's how we rocked it but the mobile aid station so 
the concept there is there was one car where everybody who was participating in the swimmer and adventure. So we had how many people were seven, six, 10 uh, to start, maybe 10 to 10 start, to start and, then and then reduced like down to four to, four that finished. finished. Yeah. But everybody put the, everyone was in charge of their own fuel and hydration and brought basically a drop bag that we put in this car, which Brooke's kind spouse drove around and I mapped out kind of time estimates and locations where he would meet us on the course um, based upon where he could drive his car to where our trails would intersect. So we would just kind of pop out and about every one to two hours, Rob would be there and the car would be there and we'd all kind of dig into whatever we'd brought. Each person kind of had their own zone in the car that their fuel and hydration was or spare gear. And we also shared though, we got to try each other's snacks. Right. So like I made PB&J <laughs> for everybody. And I made really dry protein balls. Mm. Oh, I love a good protein (laughs) ball. Well, first of all, big ups to to Brooke's partner. That's that's an awesome, awesome feat there. And that's like a best case scenario. But let's let's talk about if we're doing this and it's just you and your normal swimmer partner or a training partner, you're kind of going out just two to four people and you're not unfortunately going to have a whole nice aid station following following you along yeah and honestly using the example of the course we're charting out that's unless someone hikes down to one of the campsites and is like waiting for us which we could probably get people to do um yeah there's there's no mobile aid station on these trails so So how are you guys are you looping back through that same point multiple times well there is a there is a point that we that we would hit a couple times. There's this peninsula where um you hit the water and then swim kind of to one campsite, then run around um the other side of the lake and then jump back in and then swim back to that same point. Um so, like so a big loop. Yeah, so so that would be a natural place, I think, to have somebody there. And it, it isn't from I mean, it's like a three mile hike from where the cars would be to get there. So nothing, not, not, I mean, it's not great, but it isn't, you know, like 10 miles. You can also do the stash method. Yeah. I think that's a good one to consider for Mm -hmm. sure. That's what I was going to do if Rob didn't want to drive around and meet us. And, uh, give us, uh, give us the lowdown on the stash method, method, Brooke. Uh, the stash, the stash method, (laughs) scientific term is, um, where you, you route the course, you know, you do the course before hike it or run it or whatever. And you stash your, uh, fuel in what, Annie, would you just do it like plastic, like kind of with the Ziploc bags, like put in a fern or under a bush. Yeah. Hide it in and you know where they are and then you can stop and Mm -hmm. refuel. Yeah. And that's, it's like tricky when you're dealing with really remote sounding trails like you guys have at Lake Sonoma, but ideally, you know, there's some access points to your course and I would just work on concentrating your stash drops mm-hmm. kind of to where you could potentially drive to them or yeah. just do not have to rehike. I mean, Lake, yeah. Lake Sonoma is interesting because there's a pretty famous 50 miler that happens there every year. So the trails themselves are pretty well marked and worn. It's just, I mean, I don't know anyone that runs up to the campsite that's right by the water and jumps in and just, you know, swims past an island around the <laughs> cove and then gets out at another campsite. So that that's what we would be doing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's plenty of campsites and places I, yeah, like thinking about the stash method, I definitely think we could pull that off. And so, yeah, so mobile aid station stash methods, like your next best. And then if you can't manage that, Mule. then you got to, you got to donkey your own stuff around. So 
I think yeah. this is a place to wear uh, maybe a trail running type vest or a lighter camelback or something that you're going to be able to carry a larger amount of fluids and nutrition in is going to be key as well as you got to think about your other gear considerations. Right, like a well. swim buoy for visibility. Yeah, um, yep. Like and that. I would say if you're going to use a swim buoy, maybe consider carrying some of your stuff in it because oh, you can right. get the oh, yeah. dry it, bag it version. It doubles as a dry bag. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Good call. Have you guys seen this Wild Paces dry bag that is also a backpack? I don't oh. think I've seen that one, but there's definitely a couple that. companies that are trying to do that for, you know, the ultimate swim run adventurer and things like yeah. that. Like fully- the, yeah, like the ruck rack kind of mm-hmm. ruck yes. rack. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is just like a small, like a normal pull buoy size that's also dry bag. And then it has straps for a backpack, which I think is a great oh. concept. I would love to see this bit of gear evolve into a backpack that is legitimately like a running you know, yeah, like, a, like super slim fitting. Yeah, to like the body. A, what is it? One direct, you direct. Yeah, like a trail. Yeah, yeah. Ultimate direction. Yeah, or ultimate direction and One Direction. I think it's a boy band. It is. One um, D. Yeah, I feel like that's a <laughs> really nice. cool uh, area of gear that could um, could progress for like these longer adventure, self supported adventures, and the idea of like what those guys, what the guys that you interviewed that did. Uh, the three day Kraken. Oh, the Kraken? Yeah. They like, had a, well, they had a ton of crew. They had a boat. They had a crew. They had a yeah. whole but like crew, yeah. getting into the idea of like, instead of backpacking, you go swim run packing, you know, like you can yeah, do these I like, like multi long adventures via swim run, I think is. Yeah. No, there's one company that makes like a thing. It's like a, I think it's just like the ruck raft. It's like if above below, at some UK yeah, company above below. above below where, yeah, they basically make like a little waterproof raft. You just, you know, blow it up real quick and you could, and you tow it behind you, like mm-hmm. actually attach it to, it has a, a, a little like belt essentially. Yeah. It's like a swim drag buoy, it yeah. when you're swimming and you like lock on your backpack. That's also waterproof onto bag, the yeah. thing. Now, yeah. And then you pack in your backpack. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. exactly. So now, our phones are very important for communicating, taking pictures, checking your maps. Has anybody found one of those good little Ziploc bags that kind of actually do keep your phone waterproof? I know Chris has one that we've tried to use, but it doesn't work very well. Water gets it. fails every time. Oh. I keep using it thinking this is the time. <laughs> Does it ruin your phone? No, I you just put like a car key in there. But, uh, yeah. you know, these new cars. I've ruined three phones trying to do that. <gasps> but here's the hack. Here's the super budget-friendly hack. Find a friend or someone in the community who is a breastfeeding mother and ask if you can have one of her milk bags. Because you think about it, it cannot That's let milk out. It has to be watertight. Yeah. And I actually have one of those that milk has never been in it, just my phone, but it works great. That's, a, that's some outside the box. I guess right that's there. good. That, totally. That You'd have to, it's give more about reaching one. out and making give connections like than like dropping a lot of cash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like it. I'll have to look through our. Yeah. I mean, they do make little, I know, uh, you know, new wave swim buoy makes like a little dry bag thing that. Yeah, actually, Brent uses that one a lot. That one works. 
Yeah, and if you go to any sporting goods store, you know, your REI, your sports basement if you're in California or whatever local sporting goods retailer, they're going to have probably five different versions of them yeah. of this type of thing. Um, I mean, that's probably a good segue talking about phones. It's important to have one, all that stuff, but mostly for communication emergencies, things like that, but also for the maps. Um, Annie and Brooke, I know that you guys kind of like made a map for your course. Anything we should be thinking about in terms of a hard copy is a how really to like good idea. follow a course? Hard copy. I think hard copy is key because like whether it's battery or water issues, phone, or like here's another thing, when you're sweaty, or wet, it's really hard to operate your phone. So that's something we've actually run into of like, oh yeah, maps on my phone. Oh yeah, it's like 90 degrees. I'm swimming, I'm running. My my finger is never dry enough to use my or phone. Or service if you're just out in more remote yeah. areas. Totally. So hard copy of the map can be done. There's, so I used an app which costs I think now it's maybe $4.99 or $5.99, but it's a great map for planning training adventure, or it's a great app for planning training adventures. It's called Footpath, and you can just basically search an area, and it shows all the trails that are there, and you can kind of zoom in and maybe scope, okay, where do trails lead to water entrances and exits, and then you can just use your finger to draw the map, and it tells you how many miles it's going to be. It tells you how much elevation it's going to be. And then you can export the file really easily and print it. And that was how I did it. People who are more computer savvy and honestly into really more into details with mapping, there's a um, crowdsourced mapping platform called Caltopo, C-A-L-T-O-P-O. Mm-hmm. And that people, let's like, if you have GPS data for trails, you just upload it to Caltopo and there's people all over the place who are constantly updating it with trail data. Wow. And that's another place where you can, um, in a much more detailed and techie fashion, map out your route and then print the map. Don't print it on regular paper because water will kill it. But there is a brand of paper that's waterproof and it's used for like field notebooks for biologists and this kind of thing. It's called Write in the Rain. So W-R-I-T-E in the rain. And you can buy this for as like sheets that you can just put in your printer and print it out. Oh, really? So no special ink or anything. It's just the paper that yeah. is special. That's pretty cool. And then also we've used the the app all trails, A-L-L trails. And that's a pretty good one for finding out local trails if you're going to a new area because you could just search mm-hmm. either using geolocation or type in the name and you can go around and see and really good for, uh, filtering and, you know, kind of like user-generated content on there. Yeah. Of like, hey, I'm looking for something that's between three and six miles that is easy or medium. And That's right. It does have like so a have level a of, of difficulty build, yeah. kind cool. of thing. I forgot. So that's that. pretty cool. So it sounds like all trails with footpath, like a combination or maybe just one of these apps can kind of totally get you really set up to you where you have a pretty smart kind of navigation system set up. And I think uh, we're all agreeing that Reducing reliance on your phone for navigation is probably mm-hmm. a, a good move to make uh, to conserve battery. And there's just too many variables that can go wrong with yeah. your phone yeah. uh, when you're swim running around. Um, 
let's should we go to uh, maybe venture into nutrition? I would say not specifics, but like I know if I'm going to do a swim run, I'm not going to bring a cliff bar because water's going to get in there and make that a big, soggy, nasty thing. So I usually opt for kind of like a gel or something that is more water resistant in terms of the packaging. Yeah. Okay, that's a no-brainer. I kind of experimented. <laughs> Annie's done more experimenting than me, but we're trying we're like just eating more food food. Yeah. Along with our gels. I guess the longer the event, the adventure, the more real food you want to try to consume. Yeah. Totally. So I I just use well, you go first, Annie, and then I'll No, you go first, Brooke. <laughs> you guys are so polite. I just use a like an REI waterproof Ziploc bag. They come in all different sizes. And oh. um I've put my homemade goodies in that. I haven't done, I have done PB and J in that actually. And it's been totally fine. Um, I mean, it gets soggy because of the opening and closing and my hands are wet, but not from getting water into it. But um, I don't, I prefer like something a little bit more um, hard packed. Like Annie gave me this recipe for like, a, what do you call it? Mm, mochi. Mochi. Oh, mochi. So good. Yeah. So like good. A protein. Savory mochi. mochi? Mm. And our friend who actually did our PB&J 50K with us, Kelly, she also gave me a recipe for, she had like, it was like a rice ball, like a mochi with one had avocado in the middle and then the other one had mango in the middle. And those are kind of like nice and um, a little bit more solid than a PB&J. And I find that they work great in the Ziploc bag. And rice rice responds to moisture in a really non-offensive way. Yeah. Yeah does um here's a little factoid if you replace any tofu recipe with mochi like that you get at like the japanese market and stuff it's so good it's amazing <laughs> so much better than tofu thanks for that factoid so good <laughs> try it i'll have to try that thanks out. chris i've noted um i have a um in terms of just stuff i can carry on my person like stuff that i always keep for longer training missions and um yeah when i, I you when call I them missions yeah they're missions dude <laughs> Thanks, you're like trying to find he's someone. always mission ready <laughs> you're trying to find where the heck to get out of the ocean <laughs> that's a mission 100 percent um and and you never know what's gonna happen so it's good to have a little food in your pocket i make this um i kind of like make my own gel and I put it in there's hammer gel sells gel flasks which are like tiny little water bottles with a sport water bottle top and they're small enough that you can put in you can just put them in your wetsuit pocket I only carry one but it has the equivalent of like seven gels and I just fill that with like fruit puree and brown rice syrup and a little bit of salt and so I don't have to deal with gel trash and Sometimes I can refill it if I plan well. Um, the other thing that I think is this has changed my life in terms of hydration because like Chipper, your suggestion of carrying a kind of a hydration pack, so far that's kind of the only way we know of to carry hydration when you're moving yeah. self-supported and swimming with a hydration pack. Have you ever done that? No, I no. I already in my mind and envisioning how miserable it would be. So it this sounds is why I haven't terrible, tried, but I'm, I've I'm never happy done to recommend it. it. <laughs> I've just never 
yeah, I've never done it. I don't know how it will go. If anybody out there has done it, call us and tell us. How did it go? Email us. Um, they literally but, did the the first few Otolos. They were yeah, they had racing with those on. Gosh, that's so it amazing. Must, it must be possible. Yeah, our most recent guest, Annika Erickson, did her first Otola wearing a camelback. A camelback. Wow. Interesting. I guess I'm a fast and light weight weenie at this point. Yeah, but. you're like a... Yeah, you're like a carbon freak or something. Yeah. I guess it doesn't create too much drag when you're swimming. If I it's on your back. That. Anyway, the the game changer for me is a wall. It's a collapsible water bottle, so it's like a hydro flask, mm-hmm. um, collapsible soft flask. Hydro pack. And it has a yeah hydro pack. Good clarification. It has a built-in water filter. And it's not enormous. It's yes. not tiny, but it's it's totally possible to carry it in your swimmer and wetsuit. And you can, if you pass fresh water that's untreated, like for example, the lake you're swimming in, you can just fill up the bottle, screw on the filter, and drink out of it. And it's called the Cotadine Be Free. So that has changed my life in terms of like, I don't have to carry water on me if I'm going to have fresh water sources, even if they're untreated. I am like spending tons of money right get, now. Are you just on, Brooke, are you just I'm just like, REI. I'm over here just right kind of checking out and shopping. Wow. <laughs> Andy, Andy, what's the, uh, super engaged. What's the price point on that? Just if you have a, is it a $20 thing? Well, or is still, it like, did you say Clotadine or Cotadine? K-A-T-A-D-Y-N. Oh, K-A-T. Free. Got it. I, I will mention as well. I would say it's very forty bucks. Forty, yeah. forty. Nice. At REI, link, link in the link in the show notes. Um, very important to bring some cash. Nice twenty dollar mm. bill. Get an Andrew Jackson for yourself. Put that in a Ziploc or put it. You know, I like to hide it kind of behind my phone case. And if you ever need it, you're stranded. You can't make it back. You're in the middle of a bonk, and you need to like get a taxi or some Taco Bell. You'll be really happy that you have twenty. Or if you're a baller, bring your credit card. It's plastic. Yeah, yeah. Or I think King. the the cash because sometimes, like I'm thinking about you guys at Lake Sonoma. If you run through a campsite and you're like, I am so hungry, and all I smell is pancakes, bacon, and maple syrup, you could pay those people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe bring. I like bet two all those tens. people have Squarespace on their phone. <laughs> two tens. Yeah. Okay. Five and a couple ones. Yeah, break it up. So you have I mean, you know, yeah. twenty bucks for some campsite some pancakes. Loonies. Those those probably aren't that yep. great. We definitely probably recommend um, d- bills, not coins. Yeah. <laughs> Aston <enough>. weenie. <laughs> I, yeah. No coins. I feel the need to take the uh, a pause in the show right now to tell a story about when I ran the SF marathon, and for the first seven miles, I was running by somebody who literally he had a pocket full of change. That he was running and he no. was not just jingling. even just jangling around. And I, it caused me to increase my effort to, to put a surgeon to pass him. It was, it was driving me absolutely nuts. Did he look like my dad? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, did you ask him what it was for? I don't know if he was trying to catch the bus after or something, but it, <laughs> he's honestly, like, I got to re up my parking meter every lap I take. It sounded like he had like at least like $4 and 25 cents worth of change in there. It was, I'm like, what? are you doing <laughs> and i had to leave so yeah maybe he is- knew maybe he knew that there were vending machines like kind of hidden all over <laughs> yeah. on the course he's like i, I know. know a little secret he was gonna don't. make a ton of wishes when he passed the fountain and yeah Gate Park. <laughs> there's a lot of reasons why you need change. Of dollars it's a great movie as well um okay 
So, Annie, I really like the water bottle. I would almost say if you're going to go on a venture that's looking to be two to three hours, pack that thing. Yeah. And just bring it. I mean, just in case. Yeah, like a fail safe kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, nothing, nothing's worse than than being really that dehydrated water. or super thirsty and not having access to it. This is like your last option, but you can fill it up in a puddle. Annie, how does it do in salt water? Like, don't do it. No, no don't okay. do not it. Salt water. Not enough. <laughs> I would be that person who Brooke, don't that, do that it. would be <laughs> amazing <laughs> if you could have a desalination plant in your pocket. That'd be that'd be that'd be dope. Um, okay. So, so I think another consideration that kind of goes along with nutrition in the sense that, uh, you know, I don't know, cause some people do this is what time of year and where you're doing your event, because it could be hunting season. Mm-hmm. It could be fishing season. There could be, you know, it could be crab season. There's a bunch of traps that you're swimming through and you're getting caught up in like the buoy or lines and stuff. Or something, if you're um, made. so it's just something Angry to be mindful sportsman. of. Or sportswomen with their fishing hooks at the end of their fishing line. Yeah, I mean, chipper can or look like, like a deer tourists, sometimes. Like a shit ton of tourists and you can't like run across a bridge or yeah. get on a trail. So so visibility, I think. And in the water, having the Swim personal buoy. little buoy, the flotation buoy, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, high-vis orange or a green or red, whatever, pink. Um, you know, I think those are all really smart thing to do now if you are encountering i know um uh trista one she's in pennsylvania and she i've remember seeing on her instagram a few times that she actually runs with one of those high vis orange vests because uh, like chris mentioned you are running through areas where people are hunting and um you know if you're sitting there out there freezing your ass off for four hours and you hear someone you hear something running you're gonna get ready to shoot it yeah so just make sure that's not you. Maybe also a high-vis uh, swim cap as well. Probably a good call. Yeah. Definitely high-vis swim cap because it's like when there's an event going on, boaters can they can become hip pretty quickly to the fact there's a ton of people in the water. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, usually these recreational areas where we might scope out a swimmer and adventure are also shared by their multi-use. So don't get hit by a boat. Yeah, well, you, you guys will be proud of me. So the area where I'm scouting the course for Lake Sonoma is a no-wake zone. And there's some Perfect. buoys that kind of like are just telling people like, what are you doing here? I'm trying to set a no-wake zone up in my bed so my kids will not wake me. <laughs> good <laughs> luck with that. You are good at the dad jokes, Chip. Thank you. Nice good dad. or bad, depending on... <laughs> yeah, so good it hurts. Another uh, thing to consider with... Um, course planning is private property. So we had an instance during our PB and J 50 K where we really wanted to swim out to this Island and swam out there. And a guy came running down out of his house. I'm surprised he wasn't even, I'm surprised he wasn't carrying a shotgun because he looked like he had one. His voice was a shotgun. His voice was a shotgun and was like, what the hell are you doing on my my property? And we weren't even out of the water yet, like, mind you. And the reason we weren't out of the water is because we were familiar with the Tideland laws, which designate anything in the water as public. Public. Which he is not, different state to state. So he did not get be, the memo on the Tideland laws. So are you guys like <laughs> swimming by being like Tideland laws? And 
yeah, basically yelled at us until screamed at us until we got out of his property. Luckily, we were swim runners, so we just dove right back in the water and swam to a different piece of land. But so, mm-hmm. so, so maybe also print out any relevant statutes that might give yeah. you authority <laughs> for the yeah. easements and or put them on like little cards counsel. that you can hand out to people if should they not yeah. know the law. Totally, obviously, that's a really a good point. Identification, yeah, familiarizing yourself with local, uh, you know. Tideland laws? Tideland laws. laws. I don't know. You know, stick to the trails, I guess. Yeah. Or not. Just know the Tideland laws. (laughs) Yeah. Or just, uh, you know, just be quicker about it. You know. Have we left anything on the table? Just be a faster runner. Yeah. Yeah, There you go. Just run, run away from screaming people. Um, I think, I think we've covered a lot. Is there anything that we, that we should hit on? I mean, as we mentioned, as Chipper mentioned with gear, it's like, you know, wear whatever you'd wear for a race. Like if it's going to be a cold weather race, think about race what you'd wear for the race, yeah. you know? So, so we're not going into piece by piece what you should have just, you know, if it's a hydration thing, you might want to bring more of it. Um, nutrition as well. But in terms of gear, maybe add on a swim buoy. Hive is cap would be the only sort of gear recommendation, specific gear recommendations. But yeah, I think we covered it. Chris, did you finish your thought about the no wake zone? Oh, no, just that I used that area on purpose. Oh, yeah. Because it was a no-wake zone. Safety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I guess in general, try to, if you can, stay closer to the the shore or the the land rather than trying to cross over a waterway. Yeah. If possible. But it's not always possible. And, yeah, there's, like, it's tricky because, yeah, where a person wants to get in and out of the water, oftentimes a boat also wants to get in and out of the water. And so, like... We've we've used marinas as mm-hmm. entry and exit, and that is something you just you want to know where where boats enter and exit, and plan Copy your that. exit around that. Yeah, and, and yeah, and exit and enter somewhere else. Yeah, and I think just a quick note on safety and kind of that, like um, you know, we carry the bandage, mandatory bandage for races. It's not a bad idea to do on these adventures too, especially like I know when we did our adventure, we saw a lot of um, lion's mane jellyfish. Um, And so maybe like if you do have a, like a mobile or static aid station, also just including a first aid kit. Very smart. Excellent. Very smart. We're, yeah, we pretty quickly escalated on this episode. I feel like to, how to pull off the most complicated swimmer and adventure in the world. But I just want to <laughs> reflect back to what Chipper said at the beginning. I think it was Chip that said this, which is like, start small. Don't feel like you have to go nuts and you'll, you know, the creativity and the success that you might have when you start small can lead to wherever this takes you. Get a couple totally. small, a couple little wins under your belt and then you'll get yeah. a little confidence and definitely all that. Yeah. I think for us, it's, you know, part of it is the Lake Sonoma thing is good content for the show, <laughs> but it's also like, yeah, we're pretty experienced at this point. I think we're ready to make some bad decisions out in the middle of nowhere. Both of us are <laughs> technically registered for that 50 mile race as well. So <laughs> that's true. Technically. Well, that is that. Yeah. Anyone have any witty sign offs this, this week? We just keep it super awkward as usual. I, yeah, yeah, I think the dad joke is the dad has you want me to the, cut it all the way to sign back to that. <laughs> just edit. Or we all can the way keep it super awkward where we ramble on back and forth until it slowly fades out. I think like right now, we're already there. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I think it's happening right now. <laughs> okay, there we go. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gear Talk with the Swim Run Labs. You can learn more about all things Swim Run at swimrunlabs.com. If you have any questions or requests for us to review on the show, send us an email at lowtideboyswithaz at gmail.com. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this and your other podcast and leave a review if you're so inclined. We'd like to thank Riding Easy Records for our show music and, of course, Annie and Brooke for sharing their wealth of knowledge with us. We'd like to give a huge shout out to our wives for letting us do this sort of stuff. And until next time, be sure to go out there and go for a swim. And then a run. And then another swim. And then a run. Might as well throw another swim on there. And a run. And then just keep going. (laughs) Okay. Don't stop. Won't stop. Can't stop. Mm